A couple of months ago, there was a gathering of staff in my office, and someone said, you know, there's so many new people in the church, we need to do a couple of things this summer to remind everyone that we're a family. And so this is that moment. Doesn't it feel like a church family here? It's a beautiful thing. We are here to do three things together. We're here to worship God simply because he deserves our worship. Amen. He deserves our worship every day, but especially on a morning like today, God deserves our worship. We're also here to encourage one another. And I want to promise you by the end of today, you are going to be encouraged. I hope you're already encouraged, but in just a few moments, uh, some new folks from our church are going to come, and they're going to share their testimony of how they came to Christ. They're going to come, and they're going to share their testimony, and we're going to baptize them. So if you are not encouraged after that, I'm literally going to come check for a pulse, all right? You're not alive. Um, the third thing we're here to do is we're here to listen to Jesus. We need to let the words of Jesus shape our hearts and our minds this morning and I'm really excited to share with you something that Jesus said about the church. Jesus had a lot to say about the church because he cares so much about the church. And so in a moment, we'll open to Matthew 12 and we'll look at that. But to get started, I need help from all of the little people, all the children here. Hello, children. And all of you adult children can play along with this as well. Here's what I want you to do, children and adult children. Um, raise your hand if you have a brother or a sister, all right? Or if you have like a, if you don't have a brother or sister, but you have a really close cousin or a, or a friend who's so close, it's like your brother or sister, just raise your hand. Good. Now... Here's what I want you to do. Keep your hand up if that brother or sister or cousin has ever done something really annoying. Okay? Some of you raise it higher. You're like, do I get extra credit? Okay? Just keep it up. Yeah? I, I have a twin brother, and all the time he sleptwalked into my bedroom in the middle of the night, and he would wake me up. He would just come in and he would just start saying the weirdest things. One night I woke up at two in the morning and my twin brother was right by my bed down on his hands and knees saying, where's my marbles? Where's my marbles? And I thought exactly, where are your marbles? Okay, keep your hands up, keep your hands up. So we've all agreed, brothers and sisters, sometimes they do things that bother us. Here's what I want you to do. Put your, keep your hand up. If when your brother or sister did something really annoying, you decided not to be their brother or sister anymore. Some of you kept your hands up. No, no, no. You didn't hear me. You're supposed to put them down, right? You're supposed to put them down. Well, the thing is, Jesus had some brothers. And one time they did something really annoying. In fact, I'm sure it bothered Jesus a lot. And the amazing thing about it is, Jesus didn't decide to not be their brother anymore, but he did use it as an opportunity to teach something really important about the church. And I want to tell you that story. Three of our gospel writers tell a story. Matthew, Mark, and Luke all tell the story of a moment, kind of like this moment right here, where Jesus was teaching and a massive crowd had gathered, and his brothers showed up to the meeting with his mother and they literally interrupted the meeting. It's recorded in Matthew 12. If you want to turn there, you can, but I'm just going to tell you the story. Basically, what happened was Jesus was teaching all day long. He'd been doing ministry. He had healed people of illnesses. Jesus had cast out some demons. His popularity was growing. People, when Jesus would teach, people would say, 
I've never heard anyone teach like that. He teaches with so much authority. So massive crowds would gather And there was a moment where Jesus was teaching. The crowds were all there. It might have been something like this. And imagine in that moment, someone interrupting the meeting. Imagine someone breaking through the door right here and just interrupting the whole meeting. And that's what happened. Someone burst into the room and said, hey, Jesus, your mother and your brothers are outside and they're demanding to see you right in the middle of his sermon. What a moment. And Jesus never missed a teachable opportunity. So imagine he's standing there. The meeting gets interrupted. Some guy bursts in and says, your brothers and your mother are outside. And Jesus thought, this is an opportunity that I cannot let pass to teach something about the nature of our relationships with one another in the church. Here's what Jesus said. He replied to the man who told him, Who is my mother and who are my brothers? And stretching out his hand toward his disciples, he said, here are my mother and my brothers. For whoever does the will of my father in heaven, that is my brother and sister and mother. This morning, I've got a message for you that I've titled, The True Sisters and Brothers of Jesus. And I really just have one point, and the point is this. There's just one truth that I think is the main truth that I want to drive home this morning, and the truth is this. As much as earthly family matters to Jesus, like your biological family, your your sisters and your brothers and your moms and dads, as much as that matters to Jesus, spiritual church family matters even more, even more. Jesus would say, actually, The priority in in the church is our relationships with one another, brothers and sisters in Christ. Amen? Jesus said, what I want to do is, I want to tell you that those relationships, they matter, absolutely. But sometimes those relationships don't last for eternity. But there are relationships that last for eternity. They're the relationships we have with one another in the body of Christ. He stretched out his hand over that sea of disciples. And he said, here's my mother and sister and brothers, those who do the the will of my father. Just imagine that moment. What a moment. What a moment for the church. What an opportunity for the people sitting there to rethink the way they relate to one another. Now, you might be thinking, it's kind of a radical thing for Jesus to say. Like, imagine if Jesus' mother, Mary, had heard him say, who is my mother? Okay, that would be very insulting. I could imagine Mary wanting to grab Jesus by the ear and say, I'll tell you who your mother is, Jesus, right? You know, uh, that's where my mom would use my middle name, Adam Robert McMurray. It's like, Jesus of Nazareth, I will tell you who your mother is. Okay, but here's what's happening. Don't hear Jesus saying that biological family doesn't matter. That's not what he's doing. Jesus loved family. But listen, he never idolized it. Never. It mattered, but it was not the most important thing. Jesus said, the most important thing is my kingdom and my church. Amen? Newsflash, folks. The most important thing in this life is not family. 
as amazing as family is, that's actually not the most important thing. What did Jesus say? Seek first the, the kingdom. He didn't say seek first amazing family because Jesus knew something. He knew if you actually seek the kingdom first, you'll love your family better. Amen? But if you spend your life making your family your idol, it's actually possible that you could allow the church and the ministry of the church and the spread of the gospel to carry along without your participation in it. And what an opportunity loss that would be. Did you know that there, over the, over the course of the last 2,000 years, many, many, many people in making a decision to follow Christ have been rejected and abandoned and ostracized by their family. Did you know that? Many Christians. We're so lucky in our country. The, the norm in our country often is when you come to Christ, especially if you're raised by Christian parents, that's celebrated. But think about how many places in the world the decision to follow Jesus is a decision to be excommunicated from your family. How painful that would be. How painful. And you know what? Jesus Christ, our true high priest, he experienced even that. Isn't that amazing? Matthew says, when his mother and brother showed up, they, they refused to come inside. I want you to think about this. They refused to come inside. They were standing outside. All the disciples were inside. They were sitting at Jesus' feet. They were listening to his teaching. They were wanting to follow him, but not his brothers. Mark tells us that his brothers thought Jesus was crazy. And John tells us in his gospel that they, they refused to believe his claims that he was the son of God. Imagine that moment, his own mother, Mary, saying, I don't know what to make of the claims that my own son is making right now. Jesus experienced rejection from his own family. And imagine how good news it would be for others in our world, others in our city, maybe some of you right here, where for whom the decision to follow Jesus meant your parents or your sister or your brother or your neighbor or your peer group, they said, well, then I'm done with you. How painful, how painful. But what an opportunity for River West Church. What an opportunity for the church to be a family together, one to another. What does it mean for you? Here's what it means. It means you, you begin to change your priorities, how you spend your time, how you open your home, who you, who you spend time with on a Sunday. Are you so focused on the people that you most want to be around that you never have, have an opportunity to reach out to the person who walked in and looks like they're alone? What an opportunity we have, church, to be brothers and sisters in Christ together.